Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. You can look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. There are so many things out there that try to tell us what we should be doing with our lives. We are constantly bombarded through different media forms with all kinds of messages on how to supposedly make ourselves happy. Ads show people with smiles and laughter with the goal to sell you something to make you think that you will be just as happy as the people in the commercial if you buy what they're trying to sell you. The world is full of stuff that will always come short of the purpose and meaning that God created you with. You are special and unique and capable through Jesus Christ to achieve unimaginable and eternal things. God can take you to places that you don't even have the capacity to dream of. We'll see today that you are made with a personal and specific design in mind to accomplish and achieve things that involve the here and now, but more importantly, the eternal. Stay with us for a few minutes as we look together into God's Word. Let us take a moment to pray together to the Lord so He can speak to us through His Word and help us understand the precise purpose each of us were made for. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessing and honor and glory and majesty be to you, for you and you alone are worthy to be praised and exalted. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness and salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you please forgive my sins, O Lord. As David said, my sin is always before me. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus now, Lord God, humbly that you may speak to us through your word and help us to understand, Lord. Help us, O Lord, to not just understand, but to make it life in us. That you did make us for a specific purpose, for a reason. And there's a why, a big why, for each one of us, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 27 to 39. And this is what the Lord says. He also made ten carts of bronze, four cubits was the length of each cart, four cubits its width, and three cubits its height. And this was the design of the carts. They had panels, and the panels were between frames. On the frames that were between the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. And on the frames was a pedestal on top. Below the lions and oxen were wreaths of plated work. Every cart had four bronze wheels and axles of bronze, and its four feet had supports. Under the laver were... Supports of cast bronze beside each wreath. Its opening inside the crown at the top was one cubit in diameter, and the open was round, shaped like a pedestal, one and a half cubits in outside diameter, and also in the opening were engravings. But the panels were square, not round. Under the panels were the four wheels, and the axles of the wheels were joined to the cart. The height of the wheel was one and a half cubits. The workmanship of the wheels was like the workmanship of a chariot wheel. Their axle pins, their rims, their spokes, and their hubs were all of cast bronze. And there were four supports at the corners of each cart. Its supports were part of the cart itself. On the top of the cart at the height of a half a cubit, it was perfectly round. And on the top of the cart, its flanges and its panels were of the same casting. On the plates of its flanges and on its panels, he engraved cherubim, lions, and palm trees wherever there were a clear space on each, with wreaths all around. Thus he made the ten carts. All of them were of the same mold, 
one measure and one shape. Then he made 10 lavers of bronze. Each laver contained four baths and each laver was four cubits. On each of the 10 carts was a laver. And he put five carts on the right side of the house and five on the left side of the house. He set the sea on the right side of the house toward the southeast. In today's passage, we read of these 10 carts and 10 lavers that were made for the temple. But these were not ordinary carts and lavers. There was a specific design for them. They had to be made a certain way with certain materials. They had to be crafted with certain dimensions. There was a precise and specific way they needed to be for a type of function. And they had a specific place to be at. There were no accidents. Everything was very intentional down to the finest detail, like everything God made. God created the heavens and the earth. God made space and all that is in it, the stars, the planets, everything within them. And every single thing from the immeasurable and unimaginable to the atomic, to the physical and to the spiritual, every single thing we know of and every single thing we still ignore and do not understand, God created and made for a specific and detailed purpose. As is creation, we are no different. This is just an example of what we're reading. It says, each one of us was made with a specific purpose in mind. And when we make that decision for him by making him the Lord of our lives, then we enter the plane of that specific plan and design. He created mankind for great things and to be a part of those great things by using our uniqueness as individuals. And we are to be made like Jesus in every kind of way, but intertwined with our unique talents and abilities. We're going to start by looking at the reason for why we were created. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, it explains to us the following. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So salvation is a gift that is bestowed on us through faith, but with a reason and a purpose. It's not just because. And here is where it all starts. We are his workmanship. So there is the first view of this master designer and creator, showing that we were made by him and now saved through Jesus Christ. But for what? For good works. We were made and saved for good works. There is a purpose, a reason why. Our function, if you will, is to do good works. But now, does doing these good works come to us naturally? And the answer is, unfortunately not. It does not. Like everything that is created, everything is dependent on its creator in one way or another. We need the Lord to accomplish these good works because they need to be done according to his instructions, not by doing things according to our own great ideas. So, for instance, through Christ, we need to perch out the bad things that are still in our lives. Because here is a very simple concept that is lost somewhere by many people. Evil cannot produce good, just like good cannot produce evil. Everything is after its own kind. So if we want to produce good in our lives, or rather if we want for the Lord to produce good out of us, then we need to get rid of the bad that is in us. Something needs to happen. Something needs to be changed, transformed, and made different. This is a reason for why we need to be cleaned. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 and 21, it says this, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. 
The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So you see, it is very clear that we belong to Christ. A change needs to happen. We need to move away from iniquity. And here is where repentance and conversion comes in. Out with the old and in with the new. If you want to be a vessel for honor, sanctified, which means set apart and useful for the Lord, for the master, prepared for every good work. There it is again. Good works. Then you need to cleanse yourself from those things that are dishonorable before the Lord. You need to let God work in your life. And here is the great thing that comes through repentance and conversion. When we make that decision to belong to the Lord, because God gives us the opportunity through Christ to become these honorable things for Him, no matter how sinful or fallen we may have become because of our own wrong and sinful decisions, His mercy is truly awesome and changes everything. That's what happens when we repent and when we change and when we come to Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21, it says that we are made transformed, changed, that we start with a clean slate, if you will, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But starting with verse 18, we're given even more insight where it continues saying, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become righteousness of God in him. Through this new life in Christ is that we continue to see the good work, the purpose, the reason for why we are given this new identity, this new condition, in that if we were reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, through the work of those that preceded us, then we are to continue in that work to help others become reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. We become his ambassadors and our task is to help those that don't know God's truth and love yet to come to hear about it and to also help them become part of what he wants to do in their lives. Because again, every single person has a specific purpose in Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 26, that when we come to Christ, we become part of his body of believers. And like every body, there are different parts that make up that body. And all of those parts have a function, a purpose, something specific for them to do. This is what it says. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? 
If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, and there should be no schism in the body, but that members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And so, we're all different, yet special and necessary, with a specific design and with a specific purpose to carry out. But we're all one together, and we need to work together and help each other, because in watching out for each other and working together for the kingdom of God, is that we accomplish our purpose. And it's a purpose that starts here and now and leads into eternity. Jesus left us a specific task. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, it says, And he, speaking of Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So this is part of the good works that we should be doing once we have come to Christ and have been able to experience who he is and what he has done for us. Because after all, we can only talk about what he has done for us. But if we don't feel that Jesus has done anything special for us, then how can we talk about him, right? Where does the inspiration and desire to share our faith in him come from if it is not yet real or meaningful to you personally? For instance, I feel compelled to talk about Jesus Christ and share his truth with the world as a mission of this ministry, not because someone pays me to do this. Actually, quite the contrary. I work with my hands so I can help sustain the ministry like Paul also did. And so the only reason for why I personally speak of Christ and feel the need and desire to share his truth is because he touched my life many years ago. He changed and transformed me forever. And I find my purpose for living and doing whatever I do in life through him. Jesus Christ is my purpose for living and for doing what I do, whether I am working in the ministry, working in my secular job, doing life with my family, whatever it is I do. I find my purpose through him in everyday life that I live. I would not be alive today nor have experienced the transformation of my life if it were not for Christ Jesus. And whatever good works I'm able to do, I do by him, for him, and through him because I am convinced of who he is and that his word is the truth. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 to 10 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. And so, if we want to reap everlasting life, then we need to sow to the Spirit. And how do we sow to the Spirit then? 
by not growing weary while doing good, by trying our best through Jesus Christ to do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And finally, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 tells us something very practical, explaining what should happen if we have come to experience God's salvation through Jesus Christ and know for ourselves that He is real. For it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How does this bring it all together? You are special. You are unique. God made you for a specific purpose that can only be found in and through Jesus Christ. And He can mold you and change you so that you can come to fulfill that special, unique, and eternal purpose He has for you starting here and now. God does want to use you with your own unique talents and abilities so that you can grow and become what He desires for you to be as well as help others through you so you can help them come to Him and also help them grow and become what God desires for them to become. And so, this is the way that God's cycle of grace and salvation is realized. But this is only talking about the here and now. There is much more. Much more after this. Things that we have yet to discover and that we know very little of, but they are there. We are told what is necessary to keep going, to walk by faith. The Bible makes assertions of peace, life, and happiness for starters. In Revelation chapter 21, it tells us this, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down of of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, But at it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The Bible gives us insight in that he will grant us positions of authority and power in the world to come where we will be doing even greater things that cannot be imagined. Revelations chapter 5 verse 9 to 11 gives us a glimpse of the future that awaits those that love him and follow him faithfully where it says, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth 
Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And so the implication that he has made us kings and priests imply roles of authority that involve responsibilities and duties. What will we reign and preside over? That part we don't know exactly. But I can guarantee you that it will be far superior to anything this world has to offer because it will be spiritual and eternal, untarnished by sin and destruction, including our very beings, because we will have been transformed into the completed newness of God's resurrection. So this is very different to what some people believe, that we'll just be playing harps or something like that in eternity. The eternity that God has planned out for those who love Him and remain faithful to Him until the end of their physical lives is unimaginably wonderful. Each of us were created to be unique individuals with a very special and precise purpose based on who we are and who we can become through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a specific design for each of us we are not accidents. We're not supposed to be a product of our environments. Through Jesus Christ, our hell-bound destiny was broken forever. We are completely free to break away from the patterns of sin and self-destructive behaviors. If we repent and convert from all of our sins, and if we truly make Jesus the Lord of our lives by following Him faithfully, we can have a beginning with no end. We can discover the reason, the purpose, the why of our lives, and we can achieve the greatness that God desires for all of those that love Him. We are only limited by how much we allow for God to work in our lives. The only question you need to ask yourself is, how much do I truly believe and desire to be a part of God's eternal purpose? I challenge you to make a decision for Jesus Christ today that will transform you forever. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, that you love us so much and that you desire so much for us. It's probably just hard for us to imagine because we're limited by this world, this, this visible reality, if you will. But Heavenly Father, we need to understand that this, this all will go away someday, including our own physical lives. And the only thing that will remain is you and what you have created in eternity. And Lord, help us to understand that if, that if we don't that if we don't really grasp that concept and we really make it a part of our lives, that if we don't make you the Lord of our lives and that we live out your purposes, your reason, and if we don't allow you to work in our lives in a way that you can shape us and mold us and form us and transform us into what we need to be, Heavenly Father, then nothing good will really happen. And all that we will be doing today will only be good for today and now and, and that's it. And there won't be anything later on for us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to try to grasp the, the whole picture, not just the here and now. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to, to see things through your eyes, through your vision, through what you are looking at, Lord God, and not through the way that we see things. Help us, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.